Your grandmother is a sweet and adorable lady, but she was wrong. Don't just be yourself. You have to be your best self. No one is going to be waving you into high-value circles because you were born with such an endearing personality. This is the Future Self Estate Planning Podcast, your place for financial and estate planning tips and so much more to make your future self your biggest fan. Here's your host, Robert Ingalls. All right, all right, Future Self listeners, welcome to Episode 9 of the Future Self Podcast, where every episode is intended to provide you with actionable advice that you can implement in your life today to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And with that goal in mind, I will be compiling knowledge, insight, and inspiration and serving it up to you every Friday. Now, last week we had a record number of downloads, so I want to thank you again for spreading that word. Every new listener means the world to me. And if this is your first time listening and you're digging what you hear, and I know that you are, hit that subscribe button. Head on over to the iTunes Store, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, whatever streaming service it is that you're using. Leave me a rating. Let me know what you think about the show. But more importantly, if you're digging what you're hearing here, share it with a friend. I also want to give a quick shout out at the top of the show to everyone that threw their name in the hat for the one-on-one coaching session with me. We have two winners this week. We have Amy from Greensboro, North Carolina, and Daniel from Rock Hill, South Carolina. We will be Skyping this week with both of them about my proven techniques to acquire high-value mentors. Now, thanks again to everyone else who entered, and as a consolation prize for all of you, you're going to get signed up for the email list, and you're going to get updates from me with valuable videos, articles, and other promotions that we're going to be up to. All right, future self-listeners, are you ready to break into today's show? You've got hopes, dreams, desires, and I desperately want to see those hopes become your history and those big thoughts you're having today become things. Each episode is packed with actionable advice that you can implement in your life today to get you one step closer to making those dreams a reality. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about networking. And why hour-for-hour networking is one of the most valuable time investments that you can make, both personally and professionally. So if networking is so valuable, why are so many people not doing it? I ask this very question to my students, and the number one reason that they are not networking more is, one, I'm too busy. Two, networking is kind of sleazy, and yeah, it kind of is sometimes. And number three, I get anxiety when I don't know anyone. And that's a big one for a lot of people. Then you have number four, networking is a waste of time and it never turns into business. Now, do any of these sound like you? Could you answer yes to any of these following questions? Do you think that networking is sleazy? Do you get nervous and overwhelmed when you don't know anyone in a room? Do you find yourself not knowing what to say to new people at a networking event? Do you sometimes find excuses maybe to avoid going to the events altogether? If you do, you are not alone. There is so many people out there. I felt like this myself. And I'd say perhaps one of the most pervasive stigmas networking faces is the perception that it's all about getting something in return, that quid pro quo. But that is far from the truth. You are doing it wrong if that's the way you're approaching it. Good networkers know and they understand that the goal of networking is to develop 
personal relationships with people that you genuinely want to connect with. Now, don't get me wrong, it also just so happens that our friends tend to be far more comfortable recommending us for jobs or referring clients our way, and that's great. That's a wonderful added bonus. But at the end of the day, you should approach networking as a way to build your social circle, to build your actual network of people that you want to genuinely connect with. That's where you start. And as for that part with the anxiety, that's just practice. Even the most skilled networkers still get a touch of the nerves when they're staring at a room full of strangers. Everyone does. The difference between the ones who succeed and the ones who don't is the ones who succeed develop strategies to overcome it. Uh, This week, a colleague of mine was late for a networking breakfast we were going to together, and it was a breakfast where we didn't know a lot of people. And he arrived about 15 minutes late. He walked in, and someone was already speaking, and everyone kind of stopped and looked at him. Now, a couple years ago, he may have gotten a little embarrassed and stammered and you know, shown everyone that he was a bit embarrassed. And instead, he made a quick joke about being late and moved right to his seat and moved on. Now, I know him very well, and he doesn't have some natural, innate charm. He nailed that because he's done it a thousand times before. And networking, like all skills, takes disciplined practice. And I know that networking can be scary. I also know how vitally important it is to your career. So I want you to start implementing the strategies we're going to discuss today. And soon you are going to be crushing that anxiety and making the valuable connections that you need to succeed. So we're going to break right into the list. Number one, because it is absolutely the most important part of networking. Show up, show up, and show up some more. Persistence is the key. If you want more than most people have, you are going to have to be willing to work harder than most people work. And networking is no exception. If you want to meet high-value people, you have to consistently show up where those people are. Now, this is not permission to be a stalker. If someone says don't follow them, then you shouldn't be there. One of my personal friends, though, is a high-value contact in the legal community. And prior to developing that friendship, I would guess that we had probably been in the same room probably 25 times over the course of a year, and we had just never really gotten past speaking more than a few words together to each other. It just hadn't happened yet. But because we both kept showing up in the same places, we ended up developing that relationship and it grew and now we're close personal friends. So what I'm trying to tell you is angels are not going to fall out of the sky into your lap overnight just because you went to one networking event. It's very unlikely you're going to meet someone and they're going to offer you a million dollar deal at your first networking event. That's not how it works. If it, if it does work for you, shoot me an email and let me know how you did that because we need to work together. But for the rest of you, you have to keep showing up. Number two, also a very big one, start with value. Every interaction that you approach, you should be thinking, what can I do for this person? If you're going into a networking event thinking, what can I get? What can I get out of this? That is not the right approach. And yeah, perhaps maybe you will make a few bucks doing that, but it's not a long-term approach. That's not how you get connections. If you're just going in there looking to like, you know, skin everyone in the room and get as much money off of them as you can, people are going to recognize that. Now, a lot of people would say, but I don't have anything of value to offer. And I can guarantee you that you're wrong. Value comes in so many forms. It doesn't need to be dollars or even contacts. Value can be as simple as something as introducing them to an interesting person in the room that you just met that night. 
uh, perhaps complementing something that they're wearing that's unique, a necklace, a ring, a tie bar, something like that. Maybe you can tell that they're into fashion and you know a local, local consignment shop where they can get designer denim on the cheap. Now, another surefire way to provide value is to display a genuine interest in what they have to say. Many people are very passionate about what they do, and they love a captive audience. But the big key to remember here is always be genuine. The fastest way to sour a new relationship is to openly be a schmooze. People will smell that from a mile away, and you will ruin the contact and the connection before it even starts. Number three... And this is also a very big one. I cannot overstate the importance. Do not rush a networking relationship. Treat it the same way that you would a romantic interest. What's the fastest way to get someone you just started dating running for the door? Try telling them you love them on the second or third date. That should probably do it. And that's the same with a networking contact. Don't try to get them into bed with your big business idea right away. They barely know you. And it's just not time to move in together just yet. Now, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but when I'm at a networking event and I just meet someone, I'm trying to talk as little business as possible with them while I'm networking. Because it's so easy to get caught up in you know the fine points of energy efficient exhaust fans or whatever it is that you're into perhaps you're into it but if you get wrapped up in that it can start to get boring and it can be one of the fastest ways to lose the attention of whoever you're talking to and that is not what you want to do now everyone has a job but most jobs are not patently sexy and even if your job is compelling you're probably still not making a sale that moment People are doing business with people they know and trust. So even if they are kind of interested in what you do, they're still going to need to be some follow-up. So don't try to sell them. Try to get to know them. That should be the first thing that you focus on is getting to know them, finding common interest, and just developing that connection to a more personal level. That's what you want to do. So do not rush it. The business will follow if you can establish that connection. Number four, Listen, this is one that seems so easy, but so many people get it wrong. And one of the primary causes of networking anxiety from people I talk to is I don't know what to say. Well, this is a lucky one for you because a good networker spends more time listening than talking. Listening gives you the opportunity to learn as much about the people that you're meeting as possible. And that information is going to come in handy in the future. When we get to number six, I'll explain that a little bit more. But when it comes to networking, knowledge really is power. You need to listen and ask questions. And that brings us to number five, which is ask questions. People love talking about themselves. So do them a favor Ask them questions that gives them the opportunity to talk about themselves. This is all but guaranteeing that you're going to hold their attention because they love talking about themselves. And you're going to start a relationship on a positive vibe. You're, they are going to enjoy talking to you, and they are going to walk away from that thinking, I really enjoyed talking to that person. Why? Because you asked them about themselves. Studies show time and time again that when you allow someone to talk about themselves, they will walk away from that feeling good about you if you are genuinely interested. One of my favorite ways to spark a conversation if I feel like it's starting to slow down a little bit and there's not really a um, an easy next topic to go to, I'll ask them something like, how do you spend your time when you're not networking? 
or if I kind of already know a little bit about them or they've already told me what it is that they do for a living, you can substitute that. How do you you know, spend your time when you're not selling energy-efficient exhaust fans? Um, and that can really get the conversation moving in, in a good direction because really the goal is to find some common ground. You want to ask questions that are going to open up longer answers so you can find out maybe where they're from. Do they have children? What are their hobbies? Oh, the contact you're talking to likes to backpack with her husband and their dog. Well, it just so happens that you just got back from a camping trip and you found a gorgeous little waterfall that is just a couple hours outside of town. Now, it's not on the map and it's a couple miles uphill, but it is totally worth it. Then you're going to let her know that you're going to shoot her an email with those directions. Now, in that quick interaction that you just had, you discovered a shared interest and you provided her value. She is going to remember that. That's so important. Number six, be a connector. This is so important as well. Now, two weeks ago, I would I went to a networking breakfast. And at that breakfast, I met a financial advisor. I'd never met him before. And as we were paying the check toward the end, he wasn't even talking to me, but I heard him mention that he had a landscaper that had just moved out of town, so he was actively looking for someone new to do his yard. Now I have a lawn guy that lives in, you know, lives near me and and he cuts my grass. He's very good at what he does, but it was clear from talking to this guy over the course of uh of the breakfast and then listening to him talking about his landscaper that he was looking for probably a high-end operation. And so that afternoon I went down to another networking event to meet up with some colleagues. It's more of an informal event, but one of the colleagues had invited a client of his who was a landscaper. And now, today, those two strangers are doing business together. And that was value that I brought to two people in one day. And what did I have to do? All I had to do was listen. This guy's looking for a landscaper, and it just so happened that I met a guy that afternoon who was a landscaper. And now I brought those two people together. All I had to do was listen and send an email. But one of the things I want to caution you from is do not start just indiscriminately connecting everyone you meet. That's not the way. In order to provide real value, the connection needs to be valuable. If I had connected the financial advisor with my neighbor who has a 1983 lawnmower, you know, and I had to send him to the financial advisor that would have likely had the opposite effect of what I was going for. The financial advisor isn't going to trust me anymore, and my neighbor is not going to be thrilled about riding across town for a job that he had no chance of getting. So you have to make sure the people you're connecting are actually valuable contacts for each other. Number seven, do not try to speak to everyone at the networking event. There, there's just not enough time to start with to have a genuine conversation with everyone. Now, if there's only five or a few people there, now possibly you could, but generally that's not the case. You are there to develop relationships, and you're going to do that by spending time getting to know each other. So instead of doing a business card drive-by where you just walk by and just throw cards into the hands of everyone you see, and I can't tell you how many times I see that. Someone will interrupt me while I'm talking to someone I've just met. We're in an in-depth conversation, and they will just butt right in and start slapping business cards in our hands, and they might tell us their name, they might not, and then they're just off to slap more business cards in the hands. And they clearly have not taken a moment to think about what networking means. Because all that is, he's put that business card in my hand. Now he's interrupted me. So I already don't have a very good feeling about him. And now I've got his card. So at the end of the night, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go through my cards. And I'm going to see that card. And I may, 
honestly, if he's lucky, I won't remember whose card it is. I'll look at it and I'll go, I, I don't even know whose card that was. And it's just going to go in the garbage. But if he's not lucky, I'm going to look at that card and I'm gonna be like, oh, right, that was that guy. And I automatically have a negative feeling about that guy already. So now that I've actually remembered him and, and I've seen his card, I am less likely to want to do business with him in the future, even if he had something that I needed. So remember, don't just walk around trying to hand out your business card. You need to use that time at networking events to, I mean, if you just get one or two quality contacts that you can feel comfortable following up with, that is so much better than 20 to 30 people that may not remember your name tomorrow. So it's so important. Find a couple of people and speak to them. Spend your time getting to know them and developing that relationship. On to number eight, mingle. You are there to meet new people, so don't spend the entire event speaking to the person that you came with or someone that you already know. And I understand it is infinitely more comfortable to walk into a room and saddle up next to someone you already know. It puts you automatically at ease. Sweet. It's someone here that I know. That's great. But that's not what you're there for. Chatting with a prior acquaintance is a fine place to begin the event. And I encourage that because it can be a great tactic to ease the initial pressure. But I also encourage you not to linger there long. If you end up spending the whole night with that with that person, unless they're a valuable contact that you are actually still developing a relationship with, then you have wasted your night. You went and hung out with a friend, but you have effectively, effectively wasted your entire opportunity to meet a room full of new people that could end up being part of your network. So if you have to stop and talk to someone you know just to kind of build your confidence, do that because I encourage that, but don't linger there. And if you did come with a friend, one way to kind of shake your anxiety is to approach new people together. This can take some of the pressure off of you and kind of keep that conversation going without having so much pressure on you to keep it going. Um, however, don't get into the habit of doing this and using it as a crutch because the only way that you are going to get better at this is to put yourself in those uncomfortable positions where you have to think on your feet. And the only way you're going to get better is by practicing it. So number nine, go easy on the booze. And this may seem like common sense, but I've been to enough networking events where inevitably someone's going to get smashed and they're going to end up getting in my face and, and putting their you know hands on my shoulder and and it gets very awkward and and so be careful and my rule of thumb if I go to a networking event is limit yourself to two drinks especially if you're in a crowd of strangers because you're gonna be encouraged uh, you're, you're, you're gonna feel like you want to drink more when you're with strangers because you know that's that kind of college freshman attitude coming out in you hey some liquid courage is great but it's not the right way to do it. So limit yourself in that crowd of strangers because networking is like any other skill. If you practice it drunk, your game is probably going to suffer. And worst case scenario, now you're going to start going back to networking events and seeing the same people and you're going to be remembered as the handsy close talker. No one wants that. So ease up, be careful. Don't go there and use that as an opportunity just to hit the open bar. Number 10. Follow up with your contacts. When you meet a new contact, it is best to follow up within a day or two. If you you know if you wait too long, now you're going to risk them starting to forget you. And and you have to remember, 
they're networking a lot as well. They're meeting people all over the place. So if you want to establish a relationship, you need to follow up sooner than later. And that goes back to number two. You always want to be thinking when you're following up, what can I do to bring value to that person? When you follow up, if you can have a contact ready to introduce to that person or contact or you know put them together through a quick email, that is going, when you follow up, that's going to bring so much more value and that's going to escalate the relationship so much quicker. So always think, what kind of value can I bring? Now, even if you look at all 10 of these and practice them religiously, it's still going to be awkward in the beginning because networking really is just essentially playdates for adults. So it's going to be awkward. That's normal. Don't get discouraged by it. And and not every networking event is going to be a great experience. We have all been to events that are full of sharks that are just looking for quick money. And some guys are just there looking for hookups. That's just part of the grind. You have to get used to it. But also, don't worry too much about that either, because as your skills are developing, you're going to have an easier time locating those high-value networking events, and you're not going to see as much of this kind of behavior at good high-value networking events. So I really want you to embrace these strategies, stay persistent with it, and you are going to be creating an ever-expanding and valuable circle of colleagues and friends in no time. And if you're new to networking, this is going to feel awkward and mechanical. I know it. it. It really is, but it takes practice. LeBron James does not stop and think about the position of his elbow when he's taking a jumper now. And why doesn't he do that? Because after enough practice, he has internalized it. And that's the same way it's going to be with networking. You are going to start internalizing what to say next, the kinds of questions to ask. You're not going to have to think about that stuff, but it's okay to start thinking about it now because that's the only way that you're going to get better. If you don't go out there and get a little uncomfortable, you're never going to get past it. So I encourage you, get out there. Go to the, the next email that arrives in your inbox that says, hey, we're having a networking event. Just show up. I don't care if it's 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Show up. Be ready to talk to people. Now, I'm also going to put together a uh, a kind of a quick knockout punches for networking that I'm going to I'm going to tell you how to download that in a few minutes. But there's going to be some really good strategies in there other than the ones we just talked about. Kind of some quick ones that you can refer to when you're on your feet. One of my big go-tos if you're looking to, you know, start talking to someone or further the conversation, compliment them on an article of clothing. And we talked about that a moment ago, but something like, man, those shoes are sharp, or that is a killer watch. One thing, monogram shirts are often custom, and that is that one plays very well. You know, hey, that's a sharp shirt. Where did you have that made? This opens the door to discuss his tailor, his fashion sense. You know, it's limitless at that point. It'll open up to so many different areas. But I also want to tell you when you're giving a compliment, it is so important to be genuine because, you know, if you walk up and you compliment someone on a drab sport coat, they may know that it's a drab sport coat and you're going to have the opposite effect there as well. Um, Always have little, you know, quick questions that you have kind of right there on tap. Um, you know, like, Hey, I'm looking for a new restaurant to take clients. Do you have any recommendations? People love giving recommendations and it'll give you an opportunity to open a dialogue. And now all of a sudden you're talking to someone that you did not know at all just 30 seconds ago. Um, 
You know, another one is I, I ask people because I genuinely want to know. I ask them about apps, like what apps are you using right now? Because um, I use a lot of productivity apps, and that is a good one. A lot of people are going to be using apps as well. And then if they're not, it gives you an opportunity to tell them about a couple of cool apps that you are up to as well. And that is bringing value to them because now you've told them about some really th- cool things that could probably bring some value to their life and make their workday a little less hectic. And this is another big one that you really should get ready before you even step in to any networking event. You need to have your 60-second story, or it's sometimes called an elevator pitch. This is going to be a concise story that hits the high points of who you are, what you do, and why it is that you do it. Now, I recommend writing this story down and practicing it in the mirror dozens of times before you try it in public. An effective 60-second story is going to be far more difficult to compose, I think, than you imagine. And that's why a lot of people try to wing it because they're like, oh, just I can tell people what I do. But the problem is when you're talking to someone that you don't know, A, you're already a little nervous and, you know, you kind of start to forget exactly what it was you're talking about and you might end up leaving out key things. Or if you kind of stammer, it might lose the attention of the people you're talking to. So put together that 60 seconds and put it together so well that it com- that you could recite it in your sleep because you want it to get to a point where it doesn't feel like you're reciting something. You want it to feel so natural and so genuine. And one of the ways that you can really polish that is try rehearsing your speech in the mirror. Now, I'll tell you, if you've never done this before, it is going to feel incredibly silly. I started doing it in college, and even then it felt so, so silly in my first public speaking class. But when I finally embraced it, it is so helpful to really... because you. You're just saying it out loud. You're standing up and you're looking at someone. It's yourself, but it's very helpful in feeling a little loose and rehearsing it instead of just kind of going over it in your head. It's not the same thing. And another killer way is to set up a video camera and videotape yourself doing Uh, going through your 60 seconds. I can promise you it's going to be a little painful to watch it the first time if you haven't been doing this very long because you're going to be like, oh shit, Like I am am bumbling, I look nervous, I am fidgety. That is fantastic news because now you know it. And you know, it's basically criticizing yourself and it's not going to feel good because criticism never feels good. But also it's one of the things that's so, it's important. It's one of the most important things in our life to help us grow. You know, a good compliment is fantastic. I, you know, like Mark Twain, I can live on compliments and a little bit of water. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's very rare that a compliment has really gotten me anywhere. It just makes me feel good. But I can think back to some criticisms I've gotten over the course of my life. And man, those are some of the best things that have ever happened to me because it pointed out something that I was doing that I didn't recognize that I was doing that was holding me back. Um, So when you see yourself making all those mistakes, that is fantastic and you have to view it that way. You are recognizing the mistakes that you're making and now you can fix them. Um, So yeah, get that 60 second speech put together, videotape yourself saying it, practice it, practice it, practice it. It is okay because we all started out that badly. I mean, of course, there's a few naturals out there who have always just kind of been good at this stuff, but you know, this isn't for them maybe. Um, the first steps in a skill acquisition of any kind are always going to be a little depressing because you realize how bad you are. Don't give up. Don't give in to the temptation that says, I'm just not good at this, and then give up. Don't do that. We were all bad, and we got better because we kept at it. Now, high-value networking contents, 
really. I mean, we talked about it a moment ago to approach it like a you know, romantic interest, but high-value contacts are like the prom queen. Everyone wants to talk to them, and they are probably very choosy about who they want in their inner circle. So don't expect them to all of a sudden recognize just how valuable you are and just bring you past the golden rope into the inner circle. Life is not a high school romantic comedy. You are going to have to work for it. And it's not about doing certain things right. It's not about being, you know, like doing this or doing that. It's about being the kind of person that socializes with high-value contacts. If you think that you're fine the way you are, and I hear this so much, I don't have to change for anyone. If they're worth it, they will like me the way I am. That is self-defeating bullshit that you are telling yourself because it's easy. Your grandmother is a sweet and adorable lady, but she was wrong. Don't just be yourself. You have to be your best self. Your best self is an expert in your industry. Your best self is familiar with cutting edge technology and ideas in your field. Your best self has high value context in his Rolodex. Does anyone have a physical Rolodex? I beg you to please send me a picture if you do, please. But just like doctors aren't being waved into the operating room because they're so charming, no one is going to be waving you into high-value circles because you were born with such an endearing personality. That's not how it works. If you want something, you have to be the kind of person that gets it. You can't just do a few successful things that people that are successful do and hope for success. You have to be a successful person. You have to live that life every day day. Successful people are not successful because they've always been successful. They are successful because they approach their life in a way that a successful person does. Future Self Listener, are you ready to start networking with high-value contacts today? If you are, I want you to text the word networking. That is N-E-T-W-O-R-K-I-N-G, networking, to 444-999. You're going to get a free copy of my Networking Knockout Punches Cheat Sheet. Now, the Networking Knockout Punches Cheat Sheet is a handy, quick reference guide with some simple but effective tips, tricks, and some scripts that are going to be kind of a guide to get you through your first networking event like a pro. Now, that is networking to 444-999. Now, we talk a lot about learning on the Future Self Podcast, and I view my life as one long learning experience. Every week, I am reading something new, listening to something new. And I hear people so frequently say, you know, I, I want to, you know, learn this new thing, but I just, I don't have the money to go back to school. I don't have the time to go back to school. We talk about this almost every week. Going back to school is not the only way to learn. It is simply one route among many. We talked to Jeff Brokaw last week. Um, he didn't even graduate from high school. He was ready to take life by the horns, and he did. And he is one of the most educated people that I interact with on a regular basis because he went out and got that information on his own. School is not the only way. It is only one way of the many paths to success. As college tuition is skyrocketing every year, more low-cost alternative learning is becoming accessible. It's more accessible than it has ever been. It doesn't matter what you're looking for. Virtually everything is accessible with a click of a mouse. I have personally taken Ivy League business 
and entrepreneurship classes for free. You have things like Khan Academy, Code Academy, iTunes University, and one of my personal favorites is Udemy. The show does have an affiliate relationship with Udemy, but the reason we have that relationship is because they are one of my personal favorites. I have purchased dozens of courses from them, and 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 they are a phenomenal service because the way they bring the teachers to you is such is so novel. Everyone likes Gary V, right? Gary V. Do you wish that you could find out how he built VaynerMedia, that huge empire that he has today? You can directly from his mouth on Udemy. Udemy turns the doers into teachers and it turns your laptops and mobile devices into classrooms. And if the course you want is too expensive right now, just be patient. They are going to send you a lot of emails, but those emails are going to be 50% off here, 40% off here. They're going to run $10 specials on classes. They run sales on a great majority of their courses on a regular basis. And then you have things like Kindle Unlimited, which is the world's biggest bookshelf right on your phone or your tablet or any device that is internet accessible. And it's such a great learning resource. I use that all the time. Sometimes I just want to read an excerpt from a book, but because I have Kindle Unlimited, I can go into that book. I don't have to go buy the book itself just to find the one little passage I'm looking for. I can go into that book, read the passage I want, and keep moving. So I encourage you to check out Kindle Unlimited if you like to read. Um, Audible.com is also something I use very frequently because you can get almost any book in audio format and you can put that right on your phone and then you can listen to it in 2x, 3x if your brain is fast enough to keep up with 3x. Um, But you can get a lot of information in your brain in a very short period of time. Now, as always, you can find links to anything that I discuss in the show notes and on the blog. Future Self Listener, I want to sincerely thank you for spending some time with me today, and I mean that. I really do. Your time is the most precious resource that you have, and when you choose to take some time and spend it with me, I do not take that lightly. That's why every show is researched. That's why every show is intended to bring you value, to bring you valuable content that you can implement in your life immediately to see noticeable changes that are going to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Now, future self-listeners, I see the numbers every week, and, and I love it. We are getting new listeners every week. And, and if you're a new listener that's listening right now, and you've got something that you want to talk about, you've got some goals that you're setting, you've got somewhere that you want to get, hell, are you having trouble getting somewhere that you want to get? I want to hear about it. I'm getting more and more emails every week, and I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing you know, your inspiring stories, what you're doing, the changes in your life that you're making to get from where you are to where you want to be. It is so inspirational. It helps me get through my week when I get to hear from you and hear about the struggles that you're having and what you're doing to get past them. So send me an email. Do not hesitate. I respond to everyone's email. Now, before you leave, I want you to make a promise to yourself. I want you to promise yourself that right now, that you are going to do one thing this week that the person you are next month, next year, the next five years is going to be proud of. It can be setting a goal. It can be reading a book that you've been meaning to read. It can be eating a healthy meal. It can be exercising. Whatever it is, do one thing this week. Do you need some accountability in that department? Because sometimes I find that is the hardest part. It's easy to say, "Eh, well, next week, next week. 
shoot me a message as soon as you hear this right now. Shoot me a message with the one thing that you are going to do this week. I will personally follow up with you next week to hear about how it went. How was that for some accountability? Listeners, until next Friday, I want you to get out there and give your future self something to cheer about. You've been listening to the Future Self Estate Planning Podcast. If you're serious about planning for the future, then we have exactly what you need. Check out our website at www.ingleslawfirm.com for more actionable estate planning content. Thanks for listening. Now, get out there and give your future self something to cheer about. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and Pinterest at Ingles Law.